I Zombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show I Zombie. My name is Robin, and you know, I'm offended. I'm just as hard as the next man, yeah? Be it Clive or Jason Statham or Dwayne Johnson, a man so hard he was once called The Rock. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I remember my first. Went so smooth, like filling out a 1048. Afterwards, I treated myself to a steak, <laughs> double cut, medium rare, nice tradition. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, mine is way too long. <laughs> mine was pretty long, too. Uh, and now uh, Chief is viciously typing. Uh, Steph, I have, something, I, I have something for you tonight. What? Here we go. Steph, Steph, you as kind as UNICEF. The only folks that dig my rapping skills are deaf. I may just drop the bass to bring a smile to your face because I'm coming down to Alabama wearing my finest pajamas. Uh, don't act aggressive if my rhymes ain't transgressive. Yo, Steph, Steph, wicka wicka what? What does transgressive rhymes mean? That's all you got for me? No round of applause? <laughs> that, that was great. Oh, thank you. I have no... That was great. Let's see. What does transgressive mean? You... You, you asked me for the definition of big words just to make me look dumb on the podcast. Okay. Well, I just want to say you did an awesome job interviewing Rob Thomas. Oh, that was a great interview. It was transgressive. Okay. <laughs> it involved a, a violation of accepted or imposed boundaries, especially those of social acceptability. It was so transgressive. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. <laughs> Boundary pushing. Boundary okay. Pushing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I, I actually contacted him Thursday, uh, Tuesday to ask him, uh, not ask him to thank him again. And, uh, he said he had fun. So oh, good. Yeah. I know he was very chatty. Yeah, that was a great, I, I really was thinking that I wasn't going to be able to chat for too long. You know, he said he was working on the finale with, you know, and on the phone for two hours or whatever. So I was worried that, you know, he'd be like, all right, I zombie podcast, let's just do a few questions and so I can go catch a break. But he just hung out and chatted. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I do want to tease, uh, well, I want to tell folks that who may be uh, new to the podcast, we're doing a bang up job at introducing them so far. Um, but, uh, you know, I encourage you guys to go back earlier on our feed. We have, uh, interviews with, uh, Raul Coley. We have Alex Ponovic who played Julian. We have Molly Hagen, Liv's mom. Um, one of the writers, Iana White. We just had Debs Howard a few episodes ago too, who played, uh, Robbie's ex Steph. So, uh, and then of course, you know, we have many fans from the iZombie fan community at Stop by friends, um, and a little tease, we do have some more iZombie folks that are scheduled to come back, uh, or not come back, come on, uh, the show. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, asking you might receive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People are asking me, how, how did you do that? I just asked. I just asked. And, uh, luckily, uh, he's, he, you know, a person like Rob Thomas is cool enough to be like, yeah, I'll chat with some fans. So, 
Um, I did want to uh, mention, he did tease a few things. I, I took some notes down. He said that Major is going to sing sometime. Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm looking forward to that. Um, the one that I loved probably the most was when he said that Donnie's line, let those bitches try to kill me now, is going to happen before the finale. <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to seeing, <laughs> you know... What, in what context? Uh, yeah, exactly. How that's going to fit in, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Enrico is coming back. He's going to have a more significant role than he did in tonight's episode. He's going to be back uh, uh, episode 217. So. Yeah, it was fun listening, you know, watching for the the, cl- the pen clicks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that he mentioned. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Awesome time, and uh, you know the, the, this week's episode, the ratings were up. Um, we had a point six, one point forty five million viewers. All right. So uh, yeah, it's perfect time for a hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we will not be covering the World Dog Awards that will be airing next Tuesday in place of I Zombies. So uh, unfortunately, the World Dog Awards. Yes, yeah, that's what we're. Um, that's what we're stepping aside for, I guess. I'm not sure if any other uh, shows are airing repeats that week or, or just not airing. Um, but, yeah, maybe minor will show up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, March 8th is a uh, rerun of Cape Town. So, you know, if you want to see Liv uh, get superhero brains again and watch that, that'll be airing. I'm not sure what March 15th will be. Maybe another repeat. And then we're going to be back March 22nd with episode um, 15, He Blinded Me With Science. So, yeah. Science! Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, Mark, well, March 29th. The World Dog Award. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the president of the CW likes dogs. That's so. true. I blame Pedowitz. Um, March 29th is, is episode 16th. April 5th, uh, episode 17 is going to air. And then April 12th, we're going to have our two-hour season finale where episode 18 and 19 airs. So we're at least going to have four more podcasts for the season before the season's out. But um, I do hope to get more guests and more more interviews in the bag as well. Uh, We'll see what happens. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, another a cast member that we do miss, uh, Bradley James, who played Lowell, uh, is going to be in the new series Damien, where he plays the 20-something version of the evil little kid in The Omen, and that's actually premiering March 7th on A&E, the same night as Bates Motel returning, and uh, yeah, A&E is cornering the CW serial killer market, so uh. out. Bradley actually tweeted a picture of himself, pointed... Pointing excitedly at a Damien billboard. And, uh, yeah, we wish him the best of luck. Hashtag R.I.P. Lowell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Oh, one more little item I had before we get into the discussion. They are currently, right now, filming episode 18. And Rose McIver tweeted uh, Tuesday night, uh, in between the East Coast feed and the West Coast feed, which she tweeted for both of those, um, she said, I just read the script for the finale and oh my God, it's going to blow your minds. <laughs> so looking forward to that. 
All right, uh, time for a refill, and uh, let's get into Eternal Sunshine of the Caffeinated Mind, written by Kit Boss, directed by Jason Bloom. And just like last week, it started off kind of light and breezy and then ended up super crazy, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, there were surprises so after this surprises. episode. I loved it. Which surprise do you want to talk about first? Uh, do you want to talk about uh, Drake? Drake, the truth is out. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it last last episode, it kind of uh, it dawned on me that he may not follow through with Stacy Boss's, you know, command to get rid of this Terrell Johnson. Johnson yeah. That's not, was it okay? It, it kind of dawned on me that what if he's really a good guy and he can't do it, and he just, you know, puts this guy on a bus out of town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wasn't sure they, you know, the uh, the house was abandoned and uh, the computer said had like bus tickets or plane tickets on on the screen. But it was either like Drake murdered him and made it look like he ran away or, you know, or he actually did, you know, he helped him get away. But we were not expecting that he's an undercover cop. <laughs> No. And now Terrell is in witness protection. Yeah, that was very surprising. Yeah, especially like uh, the you know the day before asking Rob Thomas saying, "Yeah, he's a bad guy, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and they they kept up the, uh, the 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 disguise of what Drake is like because even you know because he's he's undercover, he's with his boys, right? He's going out with his boys and he's being super gross with them, like. Uh, picking on one of them for hitting on a plus size girl and then bragging that he's a collector of quality ass. This is all before, uh, you know, uh, Detective Keith Mars showed up to arrest him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it looks like his name is, sorry, it's Detective Lou Benedetto. 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 I can do that. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. He's, he's triple undercover. (laughs) He's, He's under. He's an undercover cop, um, and Lou doesn't know about zombies or about what he's doing with Blaine, but he knows about Liv. Um, he's undercover with Stacy Boss because, uh, as an enforcer, because Stacy Boss doesn't know about uh, Lou or that he's a zombie or that he's working with Blaine or that he's with Liv. <laughs> and um, and then of course he's undercover with uh, Blaine because Blaine doesn't know about Lou. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about how, uh, you know, he's has all these different, uh, he's being pulled in three different directions. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, you know, then again, there's also like, how much does Liv know about, uh, like Liv doesn't know he's undercover. I, I thought that uh, she was going to discover him being undercover when there was that scuffle at the police station. I thought maybe that would be Lou and Drake, you know, putting on a show um, for anybody yeah. who's watching. Um, but no, that was just some other dude. Um, and there's a, I guess there's some surveillance of the morgue going on, which is interesting. What have they seen so far? <laughs> I, I guess uh, the only thing that um, that uh, was right wasn't that surveillance of the morgue that that, that yeah. pulled out. So like 
And I, t- I took it as um, the morgue and the police station are very close together. Yeah. Yeah, I figured the morgue is just downstairs from the police station. At least one mm-hmm. you know, the precinct that Clive li- uh, works at, lives at. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we get some cute emojis and we have Drake <laughs> protesting to Lou that Liv is the only good thing in his life. Are we shipping them now? I am. Yeah, I am. I'm st- I can't get over Major. I mean, I can't get over shipping <laughs> Liv and Major. You can't get over Liv and Major, yeah. yeah. And as much as I liked Lowell, and, and it definitely broke my heart uh, when he was killed in Patriot Brains and that whole last scene, um, even during the Lowell stuff, I was I was hoping that her and Major would work things out just because I like Major so much, you know? He's, he's a funny guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seems... Pretty empathetic to live at moments. <laughs> but yeah, here we have another complication into this show. What do you think about the addition of now we have undercover cops in the mix of this as well? <laughs> mm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is it's getting more and more complicated every episode. Yeah. Like, uh, so many, oh my gosh. so many different, so many different elements. I mean, uh, you could just l- list them all, and it, it, it would take like the rest of this podcast. I, I mean, I dig it. I, I dig it. I like the fact that there's something about Drake. I mean, Drake was such like a question mark in the last couple episodes, and I didn't trust yeah. him, and I was kind of rooting against him because I didn't trust him. Um, but I do appreciate that, like, there's no character on this show that has, doesn't have, you know, some sort of layer of complexity to their, their character. Something's going on with them. Anyway, are we done with Drake? Oh, I believe so. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I had to go ahead. Okay. Um, let's see. What's the next thing you want to talk about? Oh my gosh. A major <laughs> ran into Gilda. Gilda. <laughs> Uh, okay, I have this all written down in my notes under my own chapter title, and I called it The Rat and the Reveal, and it really just kind of starts off with Major. So let, let, let's just back up all the way to the beginning of the episode, where there's this disgusting corpse that they dug up, right, with tons of broken condoms all over the place, with the utopium leaking out. It is the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. And um, Ravi says that he found a couple of pure samples in what's called a prison wallet. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah. You, yeah. You know. I had to ask my husband. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. It was somewhere where stomach acid could eat a hole in the balloons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ravi makes the same exact batch of cure that he made before. Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't have the same effect, it seems. I mean, they give it to this zombie rat, and New New Hope's dead, so it's just one of those cloned rats, Mm -hmm. right? And we get this really scary bit of CGI. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have our first Romero rat, which is, um, yeah, um, I wouldn't want one of those running wild in the morgue. (laughs) Keep it in its cage. But be- so before he could give the cloned rat this uh, 
uh, this cure, it turned into a shambling zombie? No. Rat? No. He, he okay. gave it to him. He did give it. Yeah. He did give the rat. Okay. And it's really, it's not like the cure. It's like, um, I think it was Jen that said that, you know, these should be called treatments because it's not, um, it's not something that's going to totally cure. It's just putting it off another few months until Robbie figures something else out. Right. Okay. But, um, yeah, as a result, uh, Major's getting more and more desperate, um, and Robbie needs to get back to work. Clock is ticking. And so that's what brings Major to see Liv. He's going to finally be honest with her. And <laughs> I also thought... Because somebody needs to know what he's been doing. Yeah. Because he's terrified he's just going to drop dead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, exactly. There's there's a whole bunch of zombies in freezers. And uh, they're just going to be stuck in that storage locker <laughs> till who knows when. <laughs> uh, or at least, I guess, until the bill isn't paid for a while. And then this poor storage locker employee is going to go in there and discover something pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, of course, Major also, you know, he's. I think he's... You know, we didn't get a lot of it. We much of it at all. When we we get Major desperately looking over Ravi's shoulder, but I'm expect I'm, I'm I'm thinking that during this he's this episode he's been dealing with a lot of his own mortality. And in fact, you know, maybe coming to an acceptance that maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe he's going to die or turn into right. <laughs> Romero uh, uh, Major. Um, or, or just, yeah, or just turn into a zombie. I don't know. Things are going to change, and he needs to talk to live about um, what, what's been going on. Finally be honest. And then that's when uh, Gildo arrives. Mm, boom. <laughs> uh, well, and what's so awesome about that is they have lulled us. Because each time Major comes over to Liv's house apartment, we're thinking, oh, no, what if they run into each other? They're not going to run and we had like completely forgot about it, <laughs> and then boom, that she walks in. Yeah, uh, and the fact is, you know, I, I watched the scene again, and um, Liv introduces Major to Gilda. Says, "This is my roommate Gilda," um, and Major yes. says, "Nice to meet you, Gilda." And then mm-hmm. when when he leaves, he says, "Bye, Rita." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm wondering. Was it on purpose or was it? Uh, no, it was a mistake. You think so? Yes. Yeah, I thought it would be a little. I mean, it seems kind of like that's that's kind of cool to think that Major would be like, "Well, I'll sort this out by uh, having Liv take on this." But I, um, I'm assuming that he's probably a little worried about um, Rita being in that apartment with Liv, and I don't know. Uh, maybe keeping on a facade, so maybe he did make a mistake. And of course, you know, you saw the flashback at the beginning of the episode about uh, 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 Liv talking about Rita and this desperate girl that was throwing herself at Major. So this is what she thinks um, she is. That's why she lays her out. <laughs> yeah, she goes and finds the uh, little negligee that she wore in the picture. Yeah. I love it. Love the uh, uh, close-up punch in the face. Um, and, yeah, brain. That positivity brain was officially worn off at that point. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and, yeah, get all your things out of here by midnight or I'm burning them. <laughs> mm. Um, so that was that was a great development. I, I kind of wish I didn't know about it going into it. 
be quite honest, but I think Rob Thomas was a little like, oh, I shouldn't have said that during. Yeah. But, oh, well. Uh, I honestly, I, I kind of forgot about it by the time we got to that part of the episode. I had to. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? We should talk about the case. Um, yes. So I love that uh, Liv is eating, like, the brains. It is the most goriest thing, like, smash to hell brains <laughs> that she's kind of yeah. picking through. And, like, oh, there's a little pavement here. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and Robbie says it's just uh, fiber. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Optimism Brains. Uh, she eats some brain scones. And, um, yeah, what did you think about this brain? Uh, it, this was fun. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Seattle, coffee, mm-hmm. you know, such a coffee culture. Yeah. Just in general. But uh, let me tell you something about coffee. This is so funny. <laughs> I was watching the movie Manhattan, the Woody Allen movie oh, yeah? from like the 70s, mm-hmm. like the late 70s. And there's a line in the movie, uh, you know, what are you old? You go out for coffee. <laughs> like mm-hmm. back then, only old people went out for coffee. Yeah. Not young people. And now today, old people wouldn't, you know, make a special trip out and pay $5 for a cup of coffee. Like make me some Sanka in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rob Rob Thomas was talking about how, like, the brains are kind of like a pot brownie. And I thought this was a really strong pot brownie this week because the effects really came on super quick. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she ate that scone, and Clive showed up. She hid the scone, and then all of a sudden, she's talking about how coffee is liquid sunshine. And what's your notion of heaven, Clive? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So there's some other – I mean, I love how in every situation, she's looking for the positive side, and she's very encouraging. I mean, even to the suspect, she's like, oh – you didn't do anything. You didn't do it. I know you didn't do it. You're 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 not like that. You know. I just know people like you. You know. And then she's telling Robbie to believe in himself because of this barista. <laughs> yeah, she's all right. She ain't that cute. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I've seen her on a lot of Canadian shit, like you know, maybe Supernatural or something. <laughs> I didn't look her up, but uh, Darcy. I don't know if we're gonna see her again. But I like I, probably not because she and Ravi didn't really click once they started talking. <laughs> no, you know he he. What did he mention something well, about I mean, the Star Wars was a deal? Yeah, breaker. she didn't get the right. Uh, you know, somebody that hasn't seen Star Wars, what is what's up? Yeah, iZombie writers room actually tweeted during that scene. They said uh, Ravi witnessed a murder and looked less devastated. <laughs> <laughs> And Raul actually tweeted, if you ain't seen Star Wars, then get out of my, get out of my face unless you're Rihanna, Alexandra Daddario, Margot Robbie, Lauren Cohen, or Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, say that again, unless you're who? Rihanna, Alexandra Daddario, Margot Robbie, Lauren Cohen, or Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, so that was a yeah, short-lived crush. Uh, but I did like how, um, you know, we got a little bit of uh, Ravi eyebrow action. Make sure they're on fleek, you know, because uh, I watched the uh, Millennial episode and now I know what that's all about. I know the code, youngsters. 
Um, we had the return of Pam, the cellmate from the Hurt Stalker. What'd you think about that, her? That was fun. Yeah, just a, l- yeah, a little abrasive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was what was the brain? What was the the victim? Leslie. Leslie. Leslie kept giving Pam second chances yeah. and third chances. Well, really, I- because Pam really wasn't the one that was stealing from the register. It was the dog, right? Share, 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 share. Oh man, I was so excited to see this actress in this show. Why? You didn't recognize her? No. It's uh, Casey Roll. She played Abigail in Hannibal. Ah, <gasps> oh, I knew she looked familiar. Yeah, so she's uh, she's really good. Uh, uh, also on The Magicians, I guess. Uh, according to iZombie writer uh, Basan Masood, uh, she said that she's even more dastardly on that show. Like Cher, but with evil spells. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Gilbert was played by a real singer and Parisian, uh, Alyosha Schneider. I, I I think I got that name right. So he was actually French. Yes, he was actually French. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Kit Voss said that the French lyrics are by writer's assistant uh, Sabrina Nodar, uh, Nordir. I'm I'm sorry, folks, if you know these names better than me. Uh, but he said, I don't know what those lyrics are, but I assume they're super dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we had, uh, I, I was really excited when we got the cameo from Oscar Nunez from the office. Oh yeah. And I, and yeah, he had a, uh, he had a coffee bar, which I assumed was going to be named negativity, but I like the fact that it was <laughs> called the daily grind. <laughs> um, and the whole scene with the code Brown situation, I, Oh, that was great. <laughs> he had internal issues. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, Clive, he calls around to the gas station. Yeah. No, I do not need surveillance footage. Nope. I'm sorry about your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Just apparently he made a huge mess and that's all we need to know. <laughs> um, did you like the realtor? Gary Derryberry? <laughs> oh, I liked his name better than... I mean, he was just okay. Very airy, Gary, very, very. I guess Rob Thomas grew up with a guy with that last name, so that last name is interesting. Uh, Derry Barry. Hmm. Um, so, anyway, uh, what did you think about? You know, we have ourselves a femme fatale that got away with the murder. She sent her boyfriend. Yeah, to that for the first time. Yeah, that was very surprising. Yeah. Was not expecting that. First time that had happened. Um. You know, I saw a lot of reviewers say this was the first time it happened, but I we the girl from Flight of the Living Dead never got busted. She disappeared, and I'm assuming Max Rager murdered her. Uh, but she was the one that uh, got uh, Liv's college sorority girl friend um, to you know die from skydiving, and uh, yeah, like dr- yeah, he oh, drugged right. her. She okay. drugged her. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I could, I could have sworn that it was mentioned later on that it was someone that they had to deal with, but, um, they didn't, we didn't actually see her on screen ever again. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of dug this. I, I mean, I love that actress who plays Cher. Um, I really, really hope that she, she comes back. 
because uh, that'd be really cool. She's a she's a really uh, actress. Well, yeah, oh yeah, very. What was uh, the boyfriend's name? Jobert. Gilbert Lambert. You mean Gilbert Lambert? Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's it for that. Love makes you stupid. Um, that's it for the case. And I think the only thing left. Trying to rush through this because I know we got a lot of feedback, so we will have lots, lots more to discuss. But we should talk about Chinatown. Oh yes! <laughs> as soon as I, I found out, Mister Boss's henchman's name is Kenny. By the way, his name is Kenny. Okay. Um, and uh, I kept on writing Boss's henchman, Boss's henchman, but it's Kenny. And when he says, see you in a couple of weeks, Chinatown, I was immediately stumped. Like, my wife looked over. She's like, what, is, what did he mean by that? And I was like, I, I'm not sure. But she's asking me that because Chinatown is pretty much one of my favorite movies ever. Like, I have it on Blu-ray. I love it. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's so good. Um, and so I just kind of was thinking of Blaine's character and how that would fit into that. And I don't want to spoil Chinatown at all, but there's some yeah. weird... Relationships that happen, and right. <laughs> I was thinking, is there some kind of water deal going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, it's kind of uh, we discovered that um, uh, Blaine got the got the nickname from how he took a corner from the Blue Cobras, and I love how the Blue Cobras have you know get a mention. They were in uh, Living Like Clive. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. He hired two Asian guys, painted tattoos on them that meant they were blue cobras. They grabbed a beat cop and cut his nose just like the like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. And then they blamed it on the blue cobras. Cops took care of the blue cobras and Blaine took the corner. And uh, yeah, kind of a leap that Mr. Boss is like, oh, so this sounds exactly like the new player using the DA's office to come after me. It's kind of a leap, but I, I guess in order for the plot to move along, I'm I'm okay with it. But yeah, it's kind of shortcutty. <laughs> like I don't know. He uses here's the story about Blaine. And he doesn't seem suspicious at all of Blaine um, to begin with. He's just like, oh, good, another payment. But then all of a sudden he's like, oh, this he must be the new player. So, I don't know. Well, what all started this, Blaine was drinking wine and he, and he said it didn't taste good. Yeah. He said, is it off? This is something I did not catch until I read a review about it. And somebody pointed it out in a review. And then I rewatched the episode and I was like, oh, I am so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I caught it the second time. And then Candy bent over. Mm. Oh, and I could see her uh, her uh, missing th- fingers. I couldn't see her missing fingers because I would be missing. But I saw her, her where her fingers used to be. Right. Did you notice? No, I did. I wasn't even looking. I mean, no. I, I think it was like the opposite hand from last. Yeah. Like we never really saw that hand. They kept it hidden. What actually distracted me in this this scene was the fact that Blaine asked her where her trivia genie costume was, and I was like, "What trivia genie?" And then I started thinking, "Trivia, trivia! Oh my god, there was trivia in like the third episode, The Exterminator." And uh, I, I looked up on IMDb really quick, and yeah, Candy was the trivia genie in that episode. Did you know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> She was up on stage reading trivia questions, and then she shows up, you know, later in the season as uh, Blaine's makeup artist. 
or what was it? Oh. Or was it not until like the second season? Uh, yeah, her name is uh, Carrie Ann Fleming, and um, yeah, now I kind of want to get her to guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh she's she's been a part of some pretty fun stuff um didn't she play like bobby's wife in supernatural i have no idea probably so you know these actors mm-hmm. make the rounds yeah so carrie and fleming I, I yeah again no idea um but then i saw a picture a screenshot of her as the genie on the stage in, in the exterminator and yeah that's candy <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they'd been eyeing that uh, couple's coffin for the episode, and then all of a sudden it's it's time for some uh, uh, coffin sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then Blaine sings A Whiter Shade of Pale. Yes, perfect. That should have been a clue that something was up. Like, not only... Not only is it perfect that the song is called A Whiter Shade of Pale and, uh, you know, the lyrics of the song kind of go along with the scene, but, like, he's got a pipe organ, and that's just one of those classic pipe organ songs, <laughs> or, like, keyboard <laughs> song that sounds like an organ. Uh, so that's just oh, so perfect. Oh, bravo, Kit Boss. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's kidnapped and taken to the woods. In his underwear. In his underwear. And uh, I love uh, Mr. Boss's little speech about um, Dungeons and Dragons and how he used to be the dungeon master. And people. Of course he was. Yeah, he's, he's the boss. And that, uh, you know, folks would be. Would have the the move to make a god call during the game, you know, if if all else fails. And so he refers to that. And then we have this uh, wood scene where beautifully shot, by the way, overhead um, overhead shot of Blaine getting his throat slit. Mm. And uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, something has got to happen here to stop this, you know, yeah. these events. I I I was like I I don't know I mean I tweeted like what I know <laughs> but I just I I I I knew they wouldn't kill him but it was it was still like super shocking shocking uh and the fact that Mr Boss says afterwards he says well God yeah. <laughs> um and just so you know this is this was kind of a weird thing that happened uh during the airing and I was again I was on Twitter and I'm sorry about reading tweets but Kit Boss actually during this you know after that moment during the commercial break uh retweeted a fan that said uh uh Blaine was still pretty even with his throat slit and he actually you know he quoted that uh tweet and he wrote yeah now he has two beautiful smiles, and then he then he oh. then he tagged us. He said at Zombie Podcast, <laughs> at, at Zombie Podcast. Yeah, I'm like like out of nowhere. Uh, so I'm assuming he wanted us to read it on the show. So, uh, oh, your, <laughs> how nice of him. Your wishes are command there, real life, Mister <laughs> Boss. <laughs> I was like, is he's that was very grim, and he's tagged us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so next we see Donnie finds zombie candy, and, uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, crap, what does that mean for Peyton? But... I think it's because he was turning, he was turning that day. Yeah. Um, and then Blaine comes out of the earth, 
during the Girl Scout camp out <laughs> or bird watching or whatever and steals their blanket. But yeah, that was that was hilarious. And I love how it goes right into the uh, preview for next week and you see him on, on the bus or the subway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this means a lot. I mean, we have, I mean, uh, the biggest thing I think that we're all thinking about is Major is maybe a day away from turning back into a zombie, maybe even like hours away from turning back into a zombie. Right. <sighs> So, um, um, and now, uh, and also the fact that Blaine is going to be, um, it's going to need to take Mr. Boss down. He's going to be coming at him pretty hard. I think, um, David Anders said to the LA times, boss is a violent dude. He's a smarter guy and he's been in the game a lot longer, but Blaine has been willing to roll the dice and he's probably surprised at how much he's gotten away with so far. When, when Blaine comes out of the dirt, he has revenge in his eyes. Mm. So from him so yeah oh man what an episode oh uh, so good um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry folks it's sorry. getting late uh, <laughs> uh loved it uh but uh maybe we should get into some feedback and that'll inspire some uh more discussion we want to do facebook or emails and voicemails first let's do emails and voicemails uh, I'm going to read Franzi. Hey, Franzi. Uh, hi, Robin and Steph. Usually, I only look at Facebook or Twitter after I've watched my TV shows. This morning, stupid me, opened up Facebook and saw Robin's post in the group. I closed it as fast as I could, but it was too late. <laughs> I read the hashtag by Rita. <laughs> my immediate reaction was to freak out because I didn't want Rita, Gilda Rita dead. You can imagine how happy I was when Liv, Liv just put... Uh, when Liv just punched her in the face and threw her out. I really enjoyed this episode from start to finish. I think this might be my favorite episode of the second season, actually. Mm. I agree. It was was fantastic. The opening scene with that song of the poor woman getting smashed by an air conditioner made me laugh for minutes. Oh, yeah. Zooby, zooby, zoo, uh, which uh, I can't help but think of Mad Men when I I hear that song. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, I just adored the cafe. I would never, ever work there, but it was a pure joy to watch. The case of the week was uh, the case of the week with that not so French Gilbert and his evil girlfriend was really interesting. And I didn't see the twist coming. And as I thought, this episode couldn't get any better, any better. Enrico Colantoni Colantoni shows up so great. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Livin' Drake. I'm not a huge Livin' Drake fan, but I'm glad he's a good guy. But holy cow, that ending! Good for Peyton. She didn't sleep with Blaine in this episode. Alrighty, looking forward to your discussion. Cheers, Franzi. <laughs> Thanks, Franzi. Yeah, I, I loved how we saw the same little montage of the cafes. Yeah. And they were completely different. Like, they put an inspirational quote <laughs> in positivity on the board. And in the in the Daily Grind, it was, uh, you know, we'll tow your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to apologize to Fancy about my little hashtag post. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I get so excited by episodes that uh, I do want to just mention a bunch of things that happen in it. But... Uh, I thought Byrita was a, a pretty funny thing to put in there because it could mean that she's gone from the show, but it also was just it was just kind of implying the whole Byrita line from Major, which sets off this chain reaction. 
I will try to do better at not writing any spoilers because I understand there's people that wait. But uh, you got to stay out of the group if you haven't seen the episode yet. I, I mean, I can control myself, but I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> um, I'll read an email here. Uh, I'll read this from Heidi. Uh, she says, hey guys, congratulations on your interview with Rob Thomas. That is amazing. I know. A couple of <laughs> thoughts on previous episodes that I haven't been able to send feedback for. Of course, I was thrilled with the audiobook recording by Kristen Bell. Also, one of my favorite things recently was Robbie listening to a Star Wars podcast. That was so great. And that just makes it much more clear that Coffee Girl in this episode is not for him. Right. <laughs> Good thing Ravi is a scientist and always runs tests before just injecting something. Major could have been like that rat. You know, it's funny because I thought she was talking about like his dating when she first started saying, good thing Ravi is a scientist and always run tests before just injecting something. Oh, yeah. He tested that girl and then he discovered he wasn't going to inject anything. He said, bye, Felicia, and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Heidi. Uh, optimistic happy live is really nice for a change. She doesn't get b- positive brains very often. It's Oscar from the office. Apparently he owns his own coffee shop. Usually Liv is able to snap out of the brain personality, but this one was kind of all encompassing. It's like she has a case of say yes to everything. And hello, Mr. Mars. So great to see Enrico. Blaine is not endearing himself to the geek community, uh, laughing at Dungeons and Dragons like that. <laughs> <laughs> if they wanted me to even consider Blaine being dead, they shouldn't have slit his throat with five minutes left in the episode. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I checked the time too. I was like, ah, oh, too much episode for that to be. I know, but I, you know, still, still, it was just enough time left uh, because I was, I was thinking, no way he's dead, but maybe that'll be a cliffhanger. Yeah, but I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, so glad to have Normal live back to punch her roommate in the face. <laughs> that was a fun final scene with Blaine scaring the bird watchers. I'm glad I got to send feedback for this one. Hopefully I made it in time for recording. Until the next time I find time to write. Heidi! I know. Thanks, Heidi. I'm terrible at getting feedback into people. Oh, I know. Uh, here is one of our constant feedbackers. Uh, here's a voicemail. Um, from Moira! Hey, Robin and Seth, it's Moira. I think you might be recording as I'm recording this, so I better get my act together and get this off to you, right? <laughs> right. Okay, watch the episode last night. This was just awesome. Uh, I am so happy that Drake has turned out to be a good guy. Yay. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like his chemistry with Liv, so that's that's cool. I hope he's going to stick around for a while. I'm really happy about that. Also, really happy about watching David Anders um, sitting at the organ and singing and playing. Yes. That was just wonderful. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, none of us were fooled by his death. We knew there was no way Blaine's gone for good. So when he rose from the dead at the end, I was not at all surprised. However, I would like to hear your thoughts as to how his return to zombieism occurred. Because was it death that triggered it? Did he just get really lucky and... His cure happened to, I'm air quoting here, happened to to wear off right when he needed it to so that he wouldn't end up actually dead. I, I don't know. want to hear what you guys think about that, though. Oh, and speaking of, yes, cures wearing off. So 
um, when when Ravi tried the new cure on the little rat, I thought it was really quite hilarious. <laughs> the, uh, the result, I mean, it's not funny for this for our, our heroine and, and everybody, but it's just amusing uh, to see the sorry, sorry state of that poor little zombified rat. I don't quite get it. He had patches of fur missing. He was all bloody. Like, had he been trying to eat himself? I don't know. It was. <laughs> and we got the Rita Gilda thing. Oh, good God! Liv went went sort of. A little bit apeshit there at the end, didn't she? It's like she was back on jealous woman brain for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was great. And um, Major was about to spill the beans to live, and then gets interrupted. So, wow. Um, yeah, that'll happen soon, hopefully. But this was just, it was just a very, very satisfying plate smorgasbord of various plot lines that I got to nibble on this week. I was very happy with it. So, I'm going to give this one, let's see, hmm, 10 out of 10 resurrected Blaine's. I am so happy he's going to be back in zombie, zombie mode. I just, I like him that way. All right, till next time. Bye. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot something. Thanks. Oh. The opening oh. um, scene in, in the, uh, the coffee shop, the music that was playing totally took me back to Mad Men. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what Megan sang to to Dawn in front of everybody. Anyway, that one made me smile. Okay, that's it. I'm really gone now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I was a Megan fan after that song. I, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so what do you think? Do you think it was he had to die? Or do you think it was just a coincidence, like just a timing coincidence? Yeah, I consider him very, very lucky because, you know, the whole wine tasting thing. Like, he, yeah. the, the wine was... He, he wasn't able to taste the wine, so he was turning back. Um, and, uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, soupy, soupy, zoo. It's in, it's in my brain now. <laughs> uh, we have a... Uh, do, you, oh. do you want me to read Daisy? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Daisy writes, Hey guys, this episode actually topped last week's. Liv had a lot of great, overly upbeat lines. I totally saw the Blaine thing coming as soon as he said the wine tasted off. I knew he was turning back into a zombie. I, however, did not anticipate the Drake storyline to unfold like it did. Not sure how I feel about this new development. When Drake said he didn't know who was uh, the new Utopium dealer is... He didn't know who who the new utopium dealer is. Was. Uh, was that entirely because Blaine is his source for brains? Or is there more behind it? Yeah, that's true. I, I That's something I definitely am not clear on about um, Drake. Uh, the fact that he's working uh, for Blaine, yet, yeah, does he know or do, is he pretending not to know? And why would he pretend not to know with... Lou, uh, I'm hoping to be a little bit more clear on that. Uh, yeah, why is he protecting Blaine? If he is. Against Lou. And at some point, if you're working with the uh, district attorney, yeah. wouldn't the police have to know all this? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only thing that I can think of uh, why he would be protecting uh, Blaine is probably the same reason why Liv would want to protect Blaine. You can't throw Blaine into county lockup and then have him turn a bunch of people into zombies and have a gigantic zombie horde on your hands. Um, and so if Blaine is 
exposed, then then Drake will be exposed right. as a zombie. It's true. Uh, Blaine is his only source for brains. I mean, Liv hasn't said you can now come to me for brains, even though she's shared brains with him before. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. And then again, I'm not sure if Drake knows about the utopium that uh, Blaine is slinging either. So. Uh... I'm I'm a little confused because the the only thing only connection Blaine has to this utopian besides being a part of Mr. Boss's racket before was the fact that he's looking for the tainted utopian and helping live with that and, and that's all about the cure not about actually becoming a new player in town so eh. anyway continue mm-hmm. sir okay all right so Daisy's email uh, continues. Small little detail, but I can't help but wonder if Major purposefully said by Rita at the end to top off, uh, to tip off Liv, or if it was just a happy accident. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, we, I think it was an accident. I think so too. <clears throat> it was great you guys had Rob Thomas on. Congrats. <laughs> My fear over Blaine and Major dying has subdued a bit now that I've had a week to, pro- to process. And heard Rob discuss how seriously he takes these big, irreversible plot lines. <laughs> I'd still hate to see either character go, but Rob made a good point about Lowell. I loved that character, like many of us, but the story went on after he was killed, and I, Zombie, is still my favorite show. I trust the writers know what they're doing. Cheers and congrats again, Daisy. Yeah, oh God. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking that was the high point. <laughs> <laughs> of my podcasting and just doing any sort of interviews at all is being able to talk to Rob Thomas. Like I know. I mean, could you, <sighs> there's not anybody, nobody can beat that. Uh, other than, you know, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to Joss Whedon at a party before, but I felt like I was like kind of bugging him because he's not there to talk about Buffy. <laughs> uh, but people to sit down with Rob Thomas. I mean, I honestly, I was kind of like, oh man, I wish I had like just did a rewatch of three seasons of Veronica Mars so I could ask him all sorts of questions about, about Veronica. We watched two seasons of Party Down again and ask him all sorts of questions about Party Down. But we would have been on the phone for, or on Skype for a couple hours. <laughs> so, um, we have one more voicemail and it, it is from our I E Y E zombie um, Jen. <laughs> Here she is. Hey guys, it's Jen. Just calling in with some feedback for the latest episode. Hopefully, this makes it in on time. Um, lots of stuff happened. Tons of uh, developments with the Blaine storyline and the Drake storyline. Not really sure how Drake continues to pull off being, I guess, a triple agent working for Mr. Boss. Blaine and the police. Um, I love seeing Enrico Colantoni back on TV. I hope he has maybe a bigger role or he's going to come back and do some other stuff because he didn't do that much stuff other than um, moving Drake's storyline forward. Hopefully, it sounds like Drake's not going to give up on Liv, so I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, but I have a feeling he can't keep up all these different identities for that long. Um, The Blaine stuff was great. I really liked um, how they got him, put him in mortal peril only. We knew he probably wasn't leaving, and I'm glad he's not, and I'm glad he turned back into a zombie, and I guess it shows some good character growth that he was able to wake up and bypass all those um, little Girl Scouts or whatever 
they were and not eat any of their brains, so that was good. Um, I thought it was pretty clever that they showed Candy as a zombie first. Mm -hmm. Um, Still no explanation as to why having sex made her a zombie, but whatever, we'll let it go. And um, (laughs) maybe Blaine scratched her or whatever, but um, I was pretty sure he was going to be a zombie, and when they showed her... Uh, I was glad that I was right and we're not losing Blaine from the show because he's amazing. Um, the case was not so great. I did like seeing Oscar from The Office. I just finished an Oscar or an Office marathon, so um, you know I'm, I haven't seen him do too much stuff, and his character was kind of fun. And I think this might be the only case where uh, the person got away with it, where they didn't catch them. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys remember, but I thought it was interesting that um, her daughter was the mastermind, and she got away with it. She's going to France, and she's going to enjoy her inheritance. So hope you guys had a good week, and you and having a good discussion about the show and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. I hope we're having a good discussion about the show too. We are having a good discussion. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. Uh, Some Facebook feedback. Let me just, uh, I can read through these really quick if you'd like. Go ahead. Um, Annette says, OMG, my feelings. (laughs) Harold says, let's all think positive. This one month hiatus is a time to rewatch and write fan fiction. (laughs) Uh, Rachel says, best episode ever? Okay, hyperbole, but Keith Mars being sassy and Abigail Hobbs being a boss and getting away with murder pretty much made my week. (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, Marissa in DC wrote, the episode was filled with all kinds of long-awaited showdowns and revelations, which is especially nice from a month-long hiatus to deal with, um, or with a month-long hiatus to deal with. It was beyond time for Liv to find out about her duplicitous sometimes roommate, and I was thrilled that Liv got to give her a beatdown in telling off. Elsewhere, Blaine also got what he deserved for his role in cornering the Utopium trade. But since he can't die that easily, he's back to Team Z. The biggest shock I had was the revelation that no good Drake is actually an undercover cop. Like Liv, I found myself reluctantly liking him despite what my common sense was telling me. But now I'm actually going to be rooting for him. He does deserve a little bit of good in his life, and that's definitely Liv. And finally, Major almost comes clean to Liv. I hope they pick this up again later. There's been too little real communication between these two in the past, and I'd like that trend to reverse, especially since it seems the cure only works on people once. Or there's something different about the Utopium. Either way, the clock is ticking for Major with no easy promise of a zombie cure extension. Yeah, I'm thinking that, um, I'm, I'm thinking it's the first. I'm thinking, uh, you know, because Robbie said this is the same exact mixture. Um, so um, I'm thinking it only works on them once. Uh, Jen says he, she sent in some feedback uh, Forgot to mention Rita Gilda So glad Liv threw her out In epic fashion And Wendy says I need to rewatch with the closed captioning on There were some what the what moments I seriously gasped In shock when Leslie was offed Eek <laughs> uh, Yeah I usually My second watch I put the closed captioning on Myself just so I can Catch some good lines um, okay, well, uh, that's all our feedback. You got anything else over there? <laughs> uh, not that I can think of. Okay, well, 
I'll wrap us up then. Did you get my email today? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, next time on iZombie, we don't have, actually have a description yet, but the episode is He Blinded Me With Science. And uh, unfortunately, the much-debated promo photo comes from this episode uh, showing Liv looking very much alive, and the trailer kind of blows that secret, but I'm just going to kind of leave it up to you guys to watch the trailer. I thought it was a fun little mystery to debate, um, but unfortunately, that trailer... I wasn't a fan of. <laughs> well, that's what I figured. Yeah. Hmm. I figured that was the case. I know, but I, I would have liked to have just found out. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. March 22nd is the return of iZombie, but if things go according to plan, we'll have another bonus podcast for you in the meantime. And uh, it's another big interview, folks. And uh, Steph is, again, busy. Yeah. <laughs> Darn children! That's okay. I'm gonna make you. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Rose McIver on here. I'm gonna make you talk to her, and I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna decide to work that day. Yeah, you know, if, if we get Rose, if we get. Um... I don't want to narrow down who it might be next next time, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I you know I don't want to actually say who it is because you know we may need to reschedule like we did with Rob Thomas. Um, I will say my wife officially threw her hat in the ring as your substitute, Seth. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so keep refreshing your feed and stay tuned to our Facebook and Twitter. So you'll be the first to hear about it when it drops. And, uh, I'm suddenly, uh, I'm suddenly overwhelmed with emotion. You know, three weeks is such a long time to wait for a new, a new episode. <laughs> Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in 3, 2, 1. Go! You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel, Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series, The Defenders Podcast. Find that at defenderspod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!